Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by former Ipswich Town midfielder Tommy Hughes, who broke the news on the 1st of January that he was leaving the club after 13 years. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Thank you for having me. Is it, um, is, has it been a whistle-stop last few days for you? Uh, it's been okay, to be fair. Obviously, I announced that I was leaving on the 1st. Um, I've recently signed for a new club, which I'm sure we're going to later. But um, yeah, I've just been normal training, a bit of golf here and there. So yeah. bit of golf. So 13, 14 years that you've um, you've been at Ipswich uh, and being a local lad, um, trying to work that out. So you joined about 2008, 2009? Yeah, I believe I was eight, so that would have been 2008. Um, I joined, I officially signed in 2008, and then I was training with the under-nine at the time. Um, so my official schoolboy period would have started in 2009 as an under-nine. So that's, you know, a big fan of Roy Keane. That was Roy Keane era. Were you kind yeah. of caught up in that? Did he? Did you ever speak to him? Do you know what? I don't remember much about him. I just remember I had a one pitch with him watching an under-18 game. And um, I'm sure he wasn't in a great mood when I went to see him for the picture. Um, but yeah, I had a picture with him. That's all I really remember from them days anyway. So you said that obviously you kind of like joined the club, 
you know, sort of it, uh, officially. What 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 does that mean? You know, for as as a nine year old, you know, what what does that mean for you and your family? And, and what sort of commitments did you have to give to the club? Um, so when I signed, I think I you officially signed like a proper contract. Whether my mum was part of that or not, I'm not too sure. Um, but I officially signed for like I think you signed a two year contract. So from nine to eleven, it was kind of like that's where you're at. You're at Ipswich for that time. Um, and then like rather than just training a few evenings a week, you train like on a set schedule. I think we used to train Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we'd play the games on the Sunday. Um, so it was kind of like not full time. Obviously, we had school and that in the day. Um, but you're a part of like the official program from under nines. Any names that you you played with back then in your sort of your, your first season that that we'd know? Uh, me and Bailey, me and Bailey Clements, we signed on the same day as an uh, um, eight years old. So we started our um, schoolboy period together under nines. Um, other than that, most of the boys have now a few of them made it to scholar as well with us. So like from um, seventeen, eighteen years, we were still together. But me and Bailey were the ones that. Um, Stayed around the longest year. And Adam, Adam Mateo was our first coach. Um, so that was his first year of being a coach, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, we had like? him. Uh, it was his first year. So I think he was really young. He was kind of like the second coach. We had Mickey Banthorpe, um, who's a really good guy. He's still working at the club now. Um, as like a does like the door stuff and the stewards um, stuff at the training ground. Um, but yeah, them two were our coach back then. But yeah, Adam was as boisterous as he is now i think i i i can imagine so um what other coaches so you know did you have as you progressed you know through the year groups and stuff what, yeah. what other coaches did you come across um so under 12s was a really good year we had um graham howlett known as spike um had him as an under 12 and he was a really good guy really funny uh character but a really good coach as well um actually under 11s i got put on trial me and bailey funnily enough um, got put on trial at the end of under 11s. They wasn't sure if we'd um, be good enough to progress through the academy. Um, so they put us on a six-week trial period to come back as an under 12. And um, I think luckily for both of us, Spike obviously knew about us already and loved us. So I don't even think we lasted the six-week trial period. After about two or three weeks, he was like, yeah, we need to keep these lads on. Um, but yeah, we had him under 12s. Uh, Jason Dazelle was part of it under 13. I think we had him. Um, Duncan Wheeler, people like that. Uh, under 15s, we had David Wright, who I believe just gone back to the academy as well. And we had him, obviously Liam Manning was around then. We actually went to Cayman Islands as under 15. Um, we'd done a week's trip in Cayman Islands, which was really good. David Wright took us there with Liam Manning. Um, 16s had Ardham again. Um, and then 18s, obviously, we had Ardham and Kieran. Um, and Alan Lee as well. Alan Lee was under 18. So I've gone through a lot of coaches and seen a lot of players and coaches come and go through my time, yeah. You have. There's a, there's a few things I want to say to you. Um, yeah. Jason Dazelle as a, as a coach, I know you were born in, in 2000. So, but, you know, yeah. did, did you realise who he, who he was and, the, and you know, how, you know what he was thought of within the town? Yeah, I knew a lot about it. My family are all Ipswich Town fans. So, like, my granddad always raved about Jason Dazelle. Obviously, I knew Andre from being two years older than me as well. Um, but again, a really good guy, a really good coach, and he loved me as well. So <laughs> happy days. It's always good if somebody likes you. And um, yeah, the 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 trip to to Kate, the Cayman Islands um, yeah. was that was that during the summer? I'm just kind of thinking that obviously you played a, a lot of football in the schedule that you were saying, um, yeah. but don't want to come across as a as a boring sort of parent. But you know, where where was the the education and how did that kind of work with 
East Burgholt and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, we went to Cayman Islands. I think it was in May time. So uh, we all had to get time off school and the score were really good about it, to be fair. Um, I think we scored we scored a goal that went um, worldwide, like on YouTube, as an under-14 against Millwall. We made like like a really good move, like 10 past, something like that. A really good goal. And um, I think the club must have funded it from that or something around that goal got us this trip to Cayman Islands. Um, and yeah, the school, I think we had to do extra work when we went back to school and before. But yeah, they were really good in letting me go to that. And yeah, that was a great week away. So coming up to... I'm going to go to April 2018. Um, uh, Mick McCarthy's just just left. Um, you're you're about 17, um, and uh, Brian Clue comes in as as caretaker manager. Fantastic four nil winner away at, at Reading. Um, Luke Wolfenden, Ben Falami get their their first starts. You know, was that positive for you? What how how did you feel about that with people that you know, particularly with 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 Luke, you know, that they were getting their chance. Yeah, um, I think that was not just for me, but obviously the academy, that was a really good time. Obviously Mick McCarthy had been brilliant, like with the academy, he'd always come and watch games, training, knew everyone, you'd go in the canteen, he would know every single person's name. Um, so when he left, that was obviously a really bit strange for the club. Um, but then obviously Brian took over as caretaker manager and just kind of trusted in the youth, um, as they say. And obviously, yeah, you said Ben and Wolfie were involved at Reading. And I think that's just a boost for everyone in the academy to know that going forward, this is the way the club's going to be run. Like, pathway is going to be there for young players to progress and play in the first team. Just just to let you know, you have to give me £10 for saying pathways. Um, <laughs> so, come back come back to Mick. Um, was it true? Yeah, obviously, I heard that, you know, as you said, that he, he, he knew everybody. But I also heard that um, he was a bit of an alpha in and around the, the the ground, what was it like for you as a seventeen year old if, if if Mick went off on one at somebody? Yeah, you definitely know about it. If you was in the canteen and you was caught on your phone, like that was just the worst thing in the world. Um, so as soon as he walked in the canteen, it was almost like everyone went quiet. Um, he had that presence about him. But yeah, like I said, he'd go and say hello to him, and he'd know your name, he'd know everything about you. Um, so yeah, that was a really good time. So Paul Hurst then comes in. Um, did he have much of a conversation with, with, with the academy when when he joined? Um, I think he brought everyone into the canteen altogether. Like the first team was in there, all the twenty ones, all the youth team, um, and he just kind of expressed his like ideas of how he wants to play. Not necessarily about how he wants to play, but kind of how he wants people to be around the training ground. So kind of his standards were set straight away, so you knew that you had to be on it, or like he'd be having words with you straight away. Um, so yeah, he done that straight away. And then again, he him and Doig were really involved with the academy. Like I said, watching all the games, all the training sessions, they would come out and take over some of the training sessions about how they wanted to play and their philosophy of football. Um, yeah, he had a real big involvement for the short time he was here with the academy. So 2018, 19, we've we've got a new manager. Um, Ardamate is the uh coach. Uh KD's his assistant. Um I kind of want you to kind of explain this this season to me because you know for a lot of fans it's it is about the first team and it's important that we have a uh, you know players that you know our own players one of our own coming in and 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 finding uh, finding a route to the first team but um, I don't quite understand you played I think in eighteen nineteen you played a mix of under eighteens you made under twenty threes you were on loan to to Lowestoft and stuff like that how, how did 
How did you manage that? How was that all scheduled in? And who who was in charge of where you would play for for what team, etc.? Yeah, obviously, like you said, Adam and Kieran were the main under-18 manager at the time. So it was kind of up to them where I'd be involved for that period. Um, and I believe that that year we had a really good run in the FA Youth Cup. Um, I think we got to the fifth round, lost to Watford in the end. Um, but we had a really good team. Then we had Dobbs was involved, Idy was involved, Bailey, um, Dylan Crow was there as well at right back. Um, we had a really good team then. Um, I'd say a lot of us would say that was probably our favourite year in terms of we were all playing together, we were all happy. Um, and then, then yeah, like I went to Lowestoft and Leiston, I think, later on in that year. Um, I think I'd moved past the under-18 stage then. I was kind of as a third-year scholar. I didn't go for the pro, um, I got for the third-year scholar. Um, and uh, there wasn't really um, any space for me to play in the 23s at the time, so they were like, we think the best option is to go out and play some men's football, um, which I did. didn't really go too well. I didn't play many games when I went out. Um, I've just found it a bit difficult to be honest going into the men's game um, and then, then yeah I came back and was kind of included with Paul Lambert into the first team Yeah Paul Paul, obviously you know with Paul Hurst he wasn't here here too long yeah. but Paul Lambert then joins and did do you did you feel and I guess it's probably the same with all the players it was kind of like starting afresh again I, I guess the, yeah. the, the point I'm making about Paul Hurst, I think it was October 2018. You, you scored a hat trick against Colchester. I think it was a second half hat trick. You must have been gutted that we still drew drew the game, but you know you scored that hat trick, and then less than two weeks later, Paul Hurst is sacked, and you know that's kind of written off. You've now got another manager to impress. Was that how it felt for you? Yeah, obviously we had loads of managers like in that time. It went from Mick McCarthy to Paul Hurst to then Paul Lambert. It was kind of like you're trying to impress a new manager straight away. And then they then get moved on a few months later. So it's kind of like you're back to square one. You have to start all over again, whether that be going to train with the first team or then watching academy games. Um, yeah, it was a strange time for the club because you're kind of just getting used to a new manager's way of playing and how they want you to be around the training ground. And then a new manager comes in, and it's like, oh, we have to start all over again sort of thing. Um, I want to take you to February 2019. Um, I'm not quite sure what the match is. But the under twenty threes, and I look at look at the list, and there, there's Harry Wright, Josh Emmanuel, Barry Cotter, Toto, uh, Bailey Clements, Brett McGavin, Andre Dobbs, Idris El Mazzuni, Tommy Hughes, and um, the only person who's still still there at the moment is 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 Corian Darber. Um, you know that that was only just over three and a, three and a half years ago, and at the same time, some of those players, Jack Lancaster. Uh, Dobbs and and McGavin were signing professional contracts. Um, did it seem to you that you were playing amongst the, these group of players that you know that they were signing pro contracts that you, your time was just around the corner? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, all of them players you mentioned there, I love playing with. We had such a good like team and squad back then. Um, and yeah, I was on a third year uh, scholar at the time, so I kind of felt that my next step was to be involved in that group and show that I'm as good as them, if not better than some of them. Um, and yeah, be a, be award, uh, rewarded with a pro contract, which eventually did come, yeah. Before we get to that, March 2019, I can't I can't skip skip um, what I've put, that goal for the under-18s away at, at Birmingham. Yeah. Um, can you talk talk me through it? If, if people watch it on YouTube, uh, like I did last night, it's a great goal, but I do hear a lot of wind um, in, in the background, <laughs> Tommy. Um, it sounds like it's a windy to say, day. I'm sure you've been told to say that. 
um, that. It was just one of them. I think it was 2-2 at the time. I think we played really bad first half away at Birmingham. We were 2-0 down. And um, we got it back to 2-2. I think Dobbs played and Dobbs might have scored two before me. And yeah, it, it was a really windy day and we were kicking downwind the second half. I just got the ball in the middle of the pitch and I just saw the keeper miles off his line. So I thought, might as well have a shot here. Um, and yeah, it kind of, it was a little bit of fade on it over the keeper. And yeah, it went in the back of the net. And some will say it was fluked by the wind and I wouldn't have been able to do it into win, but I'll take it any day. Yeah, it was, it was a great goal and, and was shared on, on social media, you know, yeah. Ipswich Town and stuff like that. How, how did that feel as a as an Ipswich-born lad to, to know that a goal that you've scored, is, you know, is being shown to tens and hundreds of thousands of people, I guess. Yeah, it was good. Um, I'd done a, I had done a few of them before in training, so to do it in a game was quite nice. And um, yeah, for it to go on social media for everyone to see, it was obviously really good. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was playing really well at the time. So to get that recognition was, yeah, really good. And then, you know, football a, is a cruel sport. Not long after you, you scored a, you know, a wonder goal, then you, you break your leg at, at home to, to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about that incident and, you know, how it, how it, how you sort of recovered from that and stuff like that? Yeah, it was just, we, like you said, Sheffield Wednesday at home, a 23s game, I think it was. Um, just went in, I had the ball and the guy kind of tackled me from behind and I kind of felt like a crack straight away. And the physio came on and kind of got my leg moving a bit and got the blood going through it again. And yeah, said I'd be okay to carry on. And I carried on up until just before half time. And I carried on up until half time and came up for the second half. And as I was running down the left, I just felt like another small crack again. I just knew that I'd done something bad then. So I went straight down again, straight off, had a scan the next day and yeah, had a um, fracture fibula. No, where we? So we're March nineteen, and you know, I've yeah. done a, some of these interviews, and and uh, with David McGoldrick, who I'm sure he, he wouldn't mind me saying was somebody that used to see the treatment room a, a, a great deal. Um, what what was your view of, of that? You know, from from when you broke your leg, did you, you know, understand? You know, from from what KD said and other people I spoke to that the the um, medical uh, team and and all of the technology and the equipment that they use is is far better than it was back then was would you say that was true uh yeah i think it was tough back then there wasn't obviously the money going into the club that's there now um there wasn't obviously the facilities are similar in terms of the academy physio room is the same as what it was then um but the equipment wasn't really how it was back then um so yeah we just kind of i went off for a scan obviously but then coming back to get treatment um, yeah, it wasn't as good as the facilities we have now anyway. Um, obviously, that that season, uh, Professional League Development South, I think, got into the into the playoffs against Sheffield United, I think. So that that, that must have been must have been a challenge also for, for you to kind of be sitting there and thinking, you know, that you could have been involved in, you know, what were some big games for, you know, for our, our youth team? Yeah, obviously, in the academy, the goal is to kind of progress into the first team, but as a team, you always want to do well in the Youth Cup and do well in the league. And obviously, we got to the playoffs that year. Um, so to not be able to play in that was obviously not very good. Um, I still went and watched the game at Sheffield. Um, I think we lost 1-0 in the end. But yeah, that was disappointing not to be able to play in that. And I feel like we deserved to win something that year. So yeah, that was disappointing. Coming up to 2019-20, it was September. You had your, your first game back after after injury. So 
I don't know, work it out six months. That seems quite a quick recovery to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was only a small fracture. They initially said I'd be out for three months. Um, so I thought like I'd be ready to, for the new preseason in sort of July time. Um, but I came in, I think me, Ben Morris and Ben Fulham were all injured that summer. So we were in most days over that summer and my injury just wasn't healing. Um, so I ended up coming back in September. So I kind of missed the players' preseason. So I'd kind of done my own preseason. Um, and yeah, got back playing, I think, like you said, in September. And then... Then that kind of kick kick things off really. It's, it's quite amazing that that what happened, you know, that from the fifth of October. So you're on loan at Leyston, yeah. And just just to cover this bit, that when you're on loan to a, you know, if if you're an, I guess you can tell me if you're an academy player and then you're on loan at Leyston, you still can play and and train because obviously we've got professional coaches and professional facilities, so yeah. you can you can still play for for either team. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you can still yeah. play um, because it's just a youth loan. Um, yeah. Obviously, their teams are only part-time as well, so they train Tuesday and Thursday evening. So typically, you train on a Monday and a Friday still at Ipswich, and then if you were selected, you could still play um, games for the club as well, yeah. Um, so on the 5th of October, at, you netted your first goal for, for Leyston, yeah. and then three days later, um, you're involved in the EFL trophy match at home to, to Gillingham. When yeah. did you when did you know that you were going to be involved in 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 that game? Uh, it was the Monday, so it must have been the seventh, the day before the Tuesday. Um, I came in and trained, and Paul Lambert was the manager then, and um, I was the only one going over to train. So I thought oh, that's like a bit weird. Like the day before a game, you normally just do like shape stuff. Um, usually the subs go off and do their own mini games, whatever. And I was involved with the subs doing the mini small sided games. So I thought oh, someone must be injured, like. I don't even think he knew at the time I was on loan at Leyston. So he didn't even know that I'd played the game on a Saturday. But anyway, I trained really well that day. And um, he came up to me after and said, you're going to be involved tomorrow. And I was thinking, like, involved with what? Like training again? And it clocked that, oh, they've got a game tomorrow. Because I was so like focused on playing for Leyston. I think they might have even had a game on that Tuesday. He was like, oh, no, no, you're going to come and be involved with us on the bench. Um so I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't expect this. Like, I was playing for Leyston on the Saturday and then the Monday morning I find out I'm going to be on the bench against Gillingham on the Tuesday night. So, yeah, that's how I found out. What did it feel like? So the 80th minute, uh, the board comes up. You, James Wilson, I think you, you come on as a sub four. Um, what did, what did, what was that moment? For, what did it feel like for you and, and for your family as, you know, as Ipswich fans? Yeah, all my family were there. Like I said, we're from Ipswich, so all my fans, were, uh, family were there as like fans as they always are to be fair um and yeah I, he called me back from the bench and said you're going to come on um as a holding midfielder and I kind of looked at him probably funny and I thought well that's not my position but yeah I'll go on and play there um and he said spoke to me after the game and said that that's the position he felt like I would come on best in the game just to kind of get on the ball and he said just go and do what you've done in the day before in training um so I just went on got on the ball ran around as much as I could and yeah enjoyed the 15 10 15 minutes I was on for and then the the next day, KD's picture to play for the under-23s at home to Bolton. Yeah, I got uh, straight after the game on the night. I got home about 10 o'clock and I think I had a call from him saying, um, you're right to play tomorrow, right? And I was like, yeah, why not? Like I was so like, full of adrenaline. I was like, yeah, I'll come and play. Um, so I think I ended up playing 60 minutes against Bolton the next day. Yeah. I think also you're being really polite because you haven't mentioned the 40-yarder that you scored <laughs> in that game as well. Yeah, I scored another good goal that game. I think that was better than the Birmingham one, in my opinion. 
um, it was a good touch around the defender and then yeah, I chipped the keeper um, from the halfway line again, yeah. Is that where you got the nickname Tommy Dyer? <laughs> oh, I knew that would come up. Um, I think it was before that, you know, but that kind of cemented it. Um, all the boys in the youth team, like Eddie Dobbs, we all got on really well with Kieran. And um, yeah, I used to get called his son quite a lot because he favoured me apparently. Um, but yeah, Tommy Dyer is one that's been with me for a few years now. Um before, yeah, we'll cover the next couple of games in in, in a minute. Um, was K obviously? I think you know you, you tweeted the, the period that you were out that you know KD was a was a good mentor. Obviously, himself as a young player um, had had his own injuries and stuff like that. You know, what what did he do to to support you around that time? Yeah, obviously, before I got injured, we had a good relationship. Like he liked me as a player on the pitch, um, and we had a good relationship from being like training and stuff. Anyway, so when I got injured, he was kind of like you said, he had his own injury problems in his career. Um, so just to know that I could speak to someone, didn't even have to be speaking about football or injuries, we could literally just speak about anything. I'd always be in with him and Adam just chatting away, asking how training was, how the games were. So I think just to kind of have that figure there, almost like a father figure in football sort of thing, um, just to be able to go and speak to him whenever I wanted to, um, was a big uh, help and got me through it a lot, to be fair. So like you say that, you know, some people used to say that you were his son. Did you kind of used to do that that bit of embarrassing bit when him as as your dad would suddenly take over in training and, and kind of try and show people what was going on? Uh, nah, to, oh, he loved joining in training, I'll tell you that. Um, I think he had a good story when Adam came on and done his podcast, but I just thought I'll never forget the day where he joined in in training and just got so angry because his team were losing. I think he just ended up storming in and driving off in his car. I think he came <laughs> back later in that afternoon and apologize to everyone but that was I think that was a really good example to everyone that that's the level that you've got to get to obviously he played for England played in the Prem um, that's the level you've got to get to even if it's just a training small sided game but the hunger to win was yeah very good um, obviously you made, you made a, a, an impact on Paul Lambert so the next round um, you were involved again in the AFL Trophy away to Colchester Coming on as a sub for for Liam Gibbs, you you lost one nil. Uh, you know we lost one nil in that game. Um, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Um, do you remember much about that game? Bit more of a bit more of a local derby, I guess, than than Gillingham. And uh, yeah, I think they won one nil, like you said. Um, they scored like a, I think it was a clearance, but kind of lobbed the keeper. I think it must have been Thomas Holing goal at the time. Um, so that was a bit lucky, but yeah, I remember we played quite well that game. And yeah, I think me and me and Tawanda both came on in about the 85th minute. I think Tawanda was the second youngest player or something to be involved in that game. Um, so we came on for the last five minutes. Um, yeah, great, great stat knowledge there. I like that. Um, obviously, you came on as a as a sub for. Well, first of all, I'm going to correct myself. Uh, Ipswich versus Colchester is not a local derby. I just meant local games before Colchester fans jump on that. Um, yeah, he came on as a sub for for Liam Gibbs, who obviously now is is playing north of the 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 border in in uh, for Norwich City. Um, do you keep in touch with him and 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 how you know his prog- progress in the in the championship? Uh, I haven't spoken to him since he's joined. Obviously, I wished him well when he left. Um, we didn't. He, I think he was a couple of years younger than me, so we wasn't involved much with each other off the pitch. But I think as soon as we got on the pitch and played and trained together, sometimes you just have that click with someone straight away. And um, I've had that with a few players, but I definitely had it with Gibbo when we were training and stuff, linking up. Um, he was more of a number 10 in his Ipswich days. Obviously, he's gone a bit deeper for Norwich now. 
Um, but yeah, you could tell from a young kid he was a very good footballer. Uh, your, your first involvement in the in the FA Cup um, away to to Lincoln, um, you came on as a 90th minute sub, and some some people might dismiss this appearance, but it was nil nil at the time, and we won the game one nil. Um, I just wonder what what involvement you had, what Paul Lambert said to you and stuff before before you came on. Yeah, I came on for I think Andre in about the 92nd minute, um, and obviously the game was nil nil at the time. So instead of going to a replay, we'd have gone straight to extra time. And um, the plan was, yeah, he said, go on, get involved for the next few minutes and then be ready, like warmed up basically for extra time. So I thought, oh, brilliant. Like I'm going to get an extra half an hour here. Um, and then the possibility of it going to penalties, it like was really exciting. Um, and I came on, I ran straight on the pitch. We had a throw on the far side. I got one touch. I, fr- uh, I think Miles threw it to me. I said it back to him. And I think either he crossed it or maybe Edie crossed it from the left and I think it was Alan Judge that scored, I think. Um, yeah. He scored, so he won in the 94th minute. And I was buzzing. like I'd, Everyone ran over to the fans and was celebrating. And then as we were walking back, I was thinking, like, I'm never going to get that half an hour to play the extra time now. Um, but yeah, that feeling of running over to the fans and celebrating last-minute FA Cup winner was one that I'll never forget. Fantastic. Um, I want to bring it to, to March 2020. Um, we all know what happened sort of with the the first team and stuff, but what impact did COVID and the, and the lockdown have on, you know, the, the development of, of the academy and stuff? Uh, yeah, everyone was obviously not allowed to go to the training ground and every kind, everyone kind of went home and was kind of, we got set a plan to train on our own. And um, I just, we were just running over the park, I was just running over the park every day doing football and work as well, like against the wall. It's just, it wasn't a great time to be a footballer, to be honest. Obviously, all we want to do is play and train and to not even be able to go into the training ground and do what we do every day was, it was tough. But we had to make sure we stayed fit because nobody knew how long we were going to be away from the club for. Um, I'm guessing you returned to the club in, in some way or another in June to yeah, sign June, your yeah. first professional contract. Yeah, um, I think uh, COVID restriction had kind of, they were still in place, but kind of a bit less uh, strict now um so i went into the club signed my first professional contract i think i signed a year with an option um yeah we done that in june fantastic so go to 2020 21 so pre-season starts um and you're you're sidelined with a an injury a hip injury i think which yeah. is kind of kind of dog you the the most of that season yeah. the under 23s you get a call up in november kd's left the under 18s he's now come back as the under 23 manager and he he picks you and in a sort of dream return you you, you come off the bench and, and score against coventry what what did that moment feel for you did you did you think that you're you were back on track yeah so it was uh, my first hip injury was literally 3 weeks after we came back from covid so i think it was beginning of august uh, my first tore my hip flexor we just thought it was like a 6 week tear be out and then i come back um so I'd done about three or four weeks of rehab outside before I was ready to play in the first game. Um, so to finally get back, I think I came on as a halftime sub or maybe I came on after 60 minutes. Um, I came on for half an hour, I think. Um, so just to finally get back on the pitch, I thought, here we go. Like I'm back now. I've had my six weeks out, back, get my first game under my belt and then I'll be flying again. And um, yeah, it was a good game while I came back. But obviously that didn't last long. And the next week I re-injured the same injury again. Then in February 2021, Paul Lambert is, was sacked. Um, I think it's a 
fair to say that a number of Ipswich fans don't have a very good view about Paul Lambert, but interested in your view when he gave you your debut and, and, and trusted you, um, you know, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, like I'm a fan as well. So obviously I read the stuff that the fans say and I think it's a bit misconceived. Um, for me personally, all I can say is good things about him. Like he took me up with the first team. He got me involved straight away. He gave me my debut. He made me in and around it for the EFL Cup games and obviously gave me my FA Cup debut as well. Um, so that from kind of August to January, I was kind of involved with the first team more than I'd ever been. Um, and that was, yeah, all down to him really. And he trusted me to come up and train most days and play in the games as well. So, yeah, I'll forever, forever be grateful for him giving Good me stuff. that chance. Uh, Paul Cook then joined. And then um, obviously we, we've got the takeover, the club takeover from, from Game Changer. But it was... It was a little bit of a hectic time. You know, there, there was the, the bomb squad. There was talks that Paul Cook was standing in the academy canteen or training ground and telling basically everybody that, you know, if you, you know, you're basically not my players and I'm kind of going to get rid of them. Now, I know obviously that you were kind of still out with, with injury, but um, uh, Flynn, Caden Jackson and Teddy Bishops and uh, Teddy Bishop and, and Miles Kenlock were sort of in in the bomb squad and and then training with the the young team and um, what was the mood like? Um, I mean, it wasn't a great mood. Obviously, all they wanted to do was be involved in the first team and play. Um, and I just think the manager made the decision that they wasn't going to be part of the team. Um, and I think because it was four or five of them at once, it was kind of made a lot bigger than it was. Like I think that happens quite a lot of football clubs where. The manager doesn't want a player involved and they kind of drop down to training till, till they kind of get a move away. But I think the fact that there was five or six of them involved in that at the same time, um, it might have been a positive for them as well, to be fair, that there was five or six of them all going through the same thing. They could speak about it between themselves. And to be fair, from what I know, obviously I was injured at the time, so I wasn't training, but I think their attitude and application in training was as if they were just trying to get a move. Um, so they were just doing everything they could to stay as fit as they could. So, yeah. The start of 2021, um, Brett McGavin goes off to Kings Lynn on loan. Corian Darber's off to Salford, I think. Dobbs goes to to Colchester. Obviously, you, you're out injured at, at, at that point. And yeah. um, I, I guess in one way, you, you're wishing them the, the best of luck, but I guess a little bit envious that you're not getting any game time yourself. Yeah, I feel like when them three went on loan, especially that, I was kind of in and around their age. Dobbs obviously the same age, Corey and Brett a year older, but I kind of felt that that was the time to go out, get the experience. And obviously me being sat in the physio room, um, I wasn't able to do that. So obviously I was wishing them all the best, but yeah, like you said, envious. Um, but I wasn't in that situation and able to go and do that. In in November, um, you came on in a, for the under 23s as a, as, as a sub and, um, you know, to, again, to get, to get a few minutes there. Um, but then again, comes back to the point that I was saying before that, you know, suddenly Paul Cook is, is sacked and you, you know, you, you're trying to find it, you know, an opportunity to, to impress the manager and, and um, Kieran McKenna takes over and you kind of, you kind of start again. Um, in January of that year, um, you make your first start for, for almost two years. Yeah. And um, it's what a dream return, um, you know, a hat trick and a, an assist against QPR. Yeah. I mean, but, that that must have, you must have really thought that you know you've you've got the injuries that you've had before you know behind and you're you're hitting the the form that you you showed previously. 
yeah, I think mentally that was a really big day for me to not, not only know that I could get through the game, but to know that I could still play at the level that I was at before after all the hard work and effort I put in through the, like, like I think it was 18 months before I'd last played a game, um, but two years I'd been out for, just to know that I could come back and still play at the level that I wanted to be at. Um, yeah, that was a really good day for me. And interestingly, you, you, suddenly um, Andre Dezel was a, an opponent uh, instead of a, a teammate. Yeah, I heard news in the morning that he was going to be playing, so I just texted him straight away saying, like, are you playing the game today? And yeah, I think he'd been ill. He'd had COVID or something, so he was going to be playing the next championship game for them. Um, so just needed some minutes. And it was just, yeah, just a coincidence. I think that it was Ipswich at the training ground. Jason was there watching as well. Um, so nice to see him. But yeah, just a pure coincidence that he was playing the same game. How, how did how were the club managing you then at this point for your rehabilitation? Because obviously in January, Bailey Clements and Ben Morris and Matt Healy also go out on loan. You know, what, what was the club's view about what they thought was the best plan for you? Yeah, I had a lot of chats with different coaches, different people at the club, obviously the medical team and football coaches as well. Um, the main thing for me was just to be able to train as many days in the week without breaking down again. Um, and luckily for me, I don't think I missed one session between January and the end of the season. Um, obviously, match was a little bit different. I think I played Cardiff. It was the first game back um, after that. Um, and I played half an hour in that. And I was just kind of building up my match minutes to half an hour, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and then building up towards 90 minutes. Um, but I think training was a big one where I wasn't breaking down in training. So I knew that physically I was ready to go into games and yeah, play at a good level. In May, you, you signed a, a six-month contract, which um, you know was positive for, for you. At, at the same time, Bailey Clements and Brett McGavin, Levi Ando, Dylan Crow, Ross Crane, uh, Bellow, they were all told that they, they were released. Um, how, how was the six-month contract sold to you? you know, what, what was the club's expectations during that time on the basis that a lot of your teammates had all been released? Yeah, on uh, I think, yeah, at the end of the season, I went for a meeting at the stadium. I think Gary Probert had just been appointed, so he might have been in it. Uh, maybe Leo Neal as well. I'm not too sure who was in it, but um, yeah, I got offered a six-month contract. And originally, I was like, I'd rather have like the whole season. But then, obviously, I'd heard the news that a lot of the other boys had been released. Um, so I was still grateful to be part of the club. Um, but I think the six-month contract is probably a good thing for me, just to kind of have a full pre-season, um, play as many games as I could, get stay kind of match fit and just prove that I can stay fit, um, which luckily enough I've been able to do since. During that that summer, there was the, and, and leading up to the summer, uh, the Tyree Simpson situation, you know, he's, he's come back, he's, he's not playing and fans kind of want to see him and, and stuff like that. Um, how, how does it feel for you as a, as a young pro to to read some of the the abuse and the, and the comments that that Tyrese got because he just didn't sign a sign a contract. Yeah, because I knew Tyrese's situation. Obviously, knew him personally as well, and was like almost involved, not involved in the situation like directly, but knew what was going on. Um, yeah, it wasn't great to read some of the stuff that um, people were saying. Obviously, they don't know the full story, but all I know is the boy just wanted to play football and just play at the highest level possible. Um, Every time I trained with him and played with him, he'd always give 100%. Um, so I could never say any issue about his attitude or anything like that. Um, I think it just came down to he wanted to play football and yeah, that was it. 
Good stuff. Now, um, Kieran McKenna spoke kindly of you in the summer. He said you were a great kid, great footballer, and he was looking at a pathway for you. Um, Norse spoke really highly of you as well as a player. Um, so, you know, things seem to be positive. New managers coming in um, and you go out on loan to Torquay United. And yeah. How does that how did that all come about? Um, you know, who who managed that that move as such? Um, so I'd done pre-season with the first team. I'd been involved with them the whole of pre-season. We went to Loughborough. Um, I'd been involved in quite a few of the games as well. And then obviously the season came around in August time. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to be involved in the games then. So I knew that the pathway, I spoke to Gary Probert a lot. And um, I knew the pathway, that uh, the plan for me then, sorry, was to go out on loan. Um, and nothing had really come up. Like, I think my clips had been sent to quite a lot of League Two teams, National League teams, Scottish teams. Um, but the season had just started, so teams weren't really looking to bring in new players. Um, and then one day I got a call from my agent saying that Torquay are interested in taking you down there. Um, that was on Tuesday, I think. And on the Thursday, I was on my way down to Torquay. Um, I knew a few of the boys down there. Obviously, Brett was down there. Dylan was down there. Ross Marshall as well. Um, so I've spoken to them and they said that it would be a good opportunity to go down there and play some games. So that's where I went to. So what happened? So I went on to soccer base or whatever to to look at. And on the 13th, you came on as a second half sub away to Halifax. On the 16th of August, you started away to Bromley and played played the hour. But less than three weeks later, the, the, loan, has, the loan has ended. Yeah, um, I started the first game, like I said, against Bromley. Um, and I wasn't included in the squads again after that. Um, I played as a striker in the game. As a lot of people know, like, I'm not a striker. I'm not like a guy who's going to win headers and stuff. Um, so I didn't have my best game, but I wouldn't say I had my worst game ever anyway. Um, but anyway, the manager spoke to me the week after and said that he was going to take me out of the team and like leave me out of the squad. So I was obviously annoyed at that, but kind of understood that I'd only just kind of turned up and... Um, we're going to have to earn his trust and stuff to play. Um, and then the same thing happened again the week after and the week after that. So that was, I think, four games I was left out of the squad for and like I wasn't doing anything bad in training like I was training normally. Um, so I just went and had a chat with him, the tour key manager that is, and just said like, I want to be here. Like I've committed to coming down here. Like what can I do to get in the team? How can I improve? How can I get better? Um, and I think his decision was kind of already made up that I wasn't going to be part of the team. Um, so he said that he would speak to him and kind of arrange for me to go back there and see what else I could come up with this for the rest of the season. Was Gary Johnson the manager? Yeah. Well, oh, say no more. Um, so you, you you return to to the under twenty threes and and it's different. Uh, you've got John McGrill now as the under twenty three manager. So what happened between the fifth of September and New Year's Day? What? How many games did you play? And you know what? At what point does someone say to you, Tommy, we're not going to offer you another contract? Um, so originally the plan when I came back from Torquay was to then go out on loan again. Um, but when I got back, um, we discovered that I wasn't able to do that um, because I'd already been on one loan. I'd have to wait for the next transfer window to then go on another loan because of my age. Um, so yeah, from the 5th of September to... New Year's Day, I think I played one 23s game at Charlton. Um, I played 90 minutes there. Um, other than that, I wasn't included in any, any of the games. Um, I had a chat with a few of the coaches there and kind of said, like, would I be able to be involved in some games here and there? And the, 
discussion was kind of, yeah, you can be involved like when you want. Um, but in the end, I just ended up training every day without being involved in any of the games, which is obviously difficult because as a footballer, all you want to do is play games. Um, so I just kind of felt like I was not training for no reason, but training without a purpose at the end of the week. Um, I was again included back in with the first team, like training with them a few days a week. Um, but yeah, training without playing games is obviously difficult. What what was it like in the in the first team? Uh, obviously with Kieran McKenna, different intensity was it to to what you've been used to before? Yeah, their pre-season that I had, where we went to Loughborough, and that I've never felt so fit and like the intensity of sessions, um, and the detail of like tactical and yeah, everything about the sessions just brilliant. Um, but yeah, the intensity is just another level. Yeah some great players that you've been playing with as well. So I yeah. guess at, at some point you're not really being in, involved with, you know, with, with the games and stuff like that, that probably at some point you realise that you weren't going to be offered a new contract. So, you know, the Kings Ling deal seems to have come about quite quickly. So, you know, when, when, when was that suddenly appearing on your radar that other clubs would be interested to take you on? I think it was kind of, just, I kind of expected not to be offered a new deal. Um, kind of October, November time, I had discussions with people internally at the club. Um, so I think the plan then was for me to kind of, they said that I was free to kind of go out and train with different clubs. Um, middle of November, I went and trained with a club in League Two, um, trained there for the week, had a friendly game with them, which was really good. Um, and then Kingsling came about the start of December. They said that they wanted to kind of have a look at me training. Um, so I trained with them, been training with them for the past three weeks. Yeah, just recently signed a deal at the start of January. And obviously that, you know, we mentioned that they had Brett McGavin on loan and, and Elkan as, as as well. Um, so a, a club that's kind of familiar with dealing with, you know, young players from from Ipswich and stuff like that. Um, what what's your plan for for the rest of rest of this season and, and what do you plan to do uh, you know, you know, from beyond that? Um, the plan for me is just, I just need to play as many men's senior games as I can. I think we've got 26 games left at Kings Lynn now. So we've got seven in January, seven again in February. Um, so the plan is I just want to play as many games and be involved in as many games as possible. Um, good chance of getting promoted this year as well. Um, so that would be good to go on the CV to get a promotion. And then, yeah, just want to play as high as I can, really. That's the, that's the aim. And yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I can't let you go before a couple of questions because obviously, you know, being born in, in Ipswich and, you know, being an Ipswich fan, um, what position are town going to finish this season? With a good transfer window. Do you know what? I'm going to be a fan and I'm going to say top, number one. Well, it's good. We've got that on camera, so we'll we'll, we'll play that yeah. back. And and, and the, the second question someone's asked me is... um. Is Cameron Humphreys the second best midfielder at the club? <laughs> I wonder who asked that. Um, Cam, oh, what a player he is, honestly. The guy is just ridiculous. Like, he can do everything. Like he just I call him a little rat, but he just runs around the pitch, just doesn't stop the whole game. Technically brilliant. Obviously, a lovely left foot, as you've seen already. Um, came on the other day as a number 10 as well, so he can't just play as a holder midfielder, play different positions. Yeah, great kid, great player, very good. Thanks very much for coming on, Tommy. It's been a been a great story. Uh, Fourteen years, didn't even get a testimonial, but you know, wish you the best of luck for the the rest of the season at Kings Lynn and look out for them getting promoted. So yeah, take care and the best of luck. Top man, thank you very much. 